Welcome to Awaken to Sleep Education. And I do have a couple of questions for you on the, your leads that you're talking about. And these are just people messaging me privately. You said that you, for every three years, you're doing a new device. Are you charging the same for that new device? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we are doing it. We're giving the patients the oh, choice yeah. to get a new device. New right. device. Yeah. And, and so we'll charge whatever our current rate is uh, because you know, honestly, we have to go through the process again. We have to take new impressions. We have to take a new bite. We have to do everything uh, mm-hmm. all over again. Uh, uh, so we, we do that. And then, you know, uh, we, we will offer to bill that to medical insurance for the patient. If, if those offices that are participating with medical insurance. Cool. Uh, George bear asked, is it legal for us to charge a slightly higher fee when using a third-party financing versus patient paying with cold, hard cash? Uh, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I try to avoid lawyers. Uh, <laughs> my older brother is a lawyer, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, what I would tell you is my understanding is that you cannot have a higher fee for patients with, you cannot charge a fee to use third-party financing. Um, you did, you did have on your form though, I think a key, uh, to that though, is you can always discount anything you want. Yeah. But remember if you discount, you also have to discount to the medical insurance company. Got it. Okay. That's an, I, I did not know that. Yeah, cool. so you can't, you can't charge the patient one thing and then bill a different rate to the medical insurance company. Uh, so, you, you know, you got, look, here's what I'm going to tell you is this whole, this it, discounting is unnecessary if you find a way to make it affordable for your patients in terms of monthly payment plans. Uh, you can actually charge more uh, for your dentistry. And, and that's something that, that we work with a lot here uh, at 3D Dentists. Awesome. Um, another question, uh, very specific circumstance, but um, I have 1.3 million um, per year general practice. I want to start screening. How many home sleep tests do I need to buy? Uh, first thing I would say is uh, double check that you can do it in your state. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, for me, it starts with one. Okay, don't, don't go by 10. <laughs> start <laughs> with one. Uh, and then um, every time that you have to make somebody wait, buy another one. You know, these things are like two grand, 2,500 bucks. Um, and uh, so buy one, prove the concept, buy a second one, prove the concept. Uh, you know, until North Carolina changed the laws, we had gotten up to five or six home sleep tests in our practice. Uh, they weren't all going out at once, but, you know, my philosophy in building this part of the business was I never want to say no to a patient that, that we don't have a test to go out with them. Uh, and I want, I want the pay, I personally want the patient to leave with the test today. Uh, so I don't want them to wait ever for that. Awesome. Um, another question, just, I mean, general business, uh, what's the average overhead percentage for sleep practice and what equipment does someone absolutely have to have to do this? Uh, so let's talk about the equipment first, uh, to do dental sleep medicine. Uh, you, you have to have a upper impression tray, a lower impression tray polyvinyl impression material, bite registration material. Uh, and uh, I, would, I would probably say at least a leaf gauge or a George gauge or some gauge, some type of thing to help you take a bite or even airway metrics as an option. Uh, I would say that's all you have to have. Um, you don't have to have a home sleep test. You can outsource that. You don't have to have CBCT. Uh, you, you don't have to have digital impressions. You don't have to have any of that stuff. In fact, when I started doing dental sleep medicine my first time back in 2006, I think, five, six, uh, we were non-digital at that point without, in terms of dental sleep medicine. Uh, you couldn't really take full arch impressions with uh, the, the, the digital impressions at the time. 
Uh, so you, you don't need anything fancy to get started. What I can tell you is fancy things accelerate uh, the ability to do dentistry faster. And, uh, you know, that that's the beauty. And it's more accurate and it's quicker and better. Yeah. Um, Jordan asks, we get a patient sleep study back before they come in for the results appointment and we find out they have OSA. Would you recommend to submit for a pre-op before doing the consult? Uh, personally, no, because sometimes your patients don't want you to submit that to their medical insurance. For example, uh, we have some of our patients who are truck drivers or bus drivers or train. I don't think you're a trained driver, but you're trained something or another, or they're <laughs> airplane pilots. Uh, and they don't want us to submit that to their medical insurance for any number of reasons that, that they want to hide it or not hide it. Or, you know, maybe they're getting ready to go to apply for life insurance and they don't want that there. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I always uh, want to get patient permission before we do that. Now, I am very comfortable doing a benefit check uh, and a benefit calculation, uh, certainly, because that doesn't, that's not part of their record. But I would not do a pre-authorization uh, without the patient committing to treatment. And the other thing is a pre-authorization has a timeline of how long it's good for. So if it takes you, you know, several weeks or a month to get the patient back in, then you have to go back through the process again. And uh, frankly speaking, a pre-authorization is quite a bit of paperwork. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, uh, he, he asked follow-up if they said it was okay to do it when they took home the home sleep test. I think that's your permission you're looking for. Yeah. But again, you know, I, I'm a big believer in sitting down face-to-face -face or virtually with the patient and, re and reviewing the results of their sleep test, connecting the dots, connecting the sleep test to their conditions, to their, you know, what the chief motivating factors and all of those things. Cool. Um, Dennis asked in the chat, do you take a CBCT on all your patients? I do. I do in our practice, uh, all meaning 95, 98% of our patients, we take a CBCT on all pretty much all the patients. Uh, that's that's our personal standard of care in our practice. Cool. Um, Ronald asks, how do you handle a pulmonologist that you work with that only refer their problem patients back to you? Yeah, I probably stop working with them. I live in a world, I, I believe in a world of abundance. <laughs> and uh, certainly we're gonna have problem patients just like I'm gonna send them some of my problem patients. Um, but if it's, if it's a one-way street, then stop working with them. Or if it's enough business, just deal with it. Cool. Um, I do have another. Um, how do you manage to do a GP and sleep? I've heard that you have to do one or the other. That's absolutely false. Um, you can mix the two. What I will say is that if you truly mix, uh, you know, what, what I have seen is that you'll probably typically do typically, you know, anywhere between 20 and 50 devices a year if you're mixing. And then, uh, you know, our hybrid model that I believe works unbelievably well uh, is the model where we build a sleep practice within our general practice by having a, a team member uh, that's a sleep apnea coordinator, or as we call them, sleep champions in our practice that runs that part of the practice. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm living proof of it. Aaron Elliott is living proof of it. There's so many other dentists out there that are living proof of it. Yeah. Um, I, I like how direct you are about that. The, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, just what am I supposed to do? Dance, dance around of it? It's, it's false. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Amanda look, asked look, how look, here, here is the truth. If you're going to dabble in sleep apnea, as a general practice, you're going to have a lot of hurdles mm -hmm. uh, to deal with. So what I tell dabblers, 
uh, is don't work for medical insurance, charge a flat cash price and just call it a day. Don't, don't, don't bother getting into the medical insurance game if you're just gonna dabble and try to do one or two cases a month. Just, just charge a, 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 a fair cash price and, and move on. Awesome. Uh, we've got two more questions. And no, we're, I'll take as many as you want. Awesome. Amanda asks, how often do you redo the home sleep test to make sure the appliance is still working? Yeah, so that's an um, interesting question. Uh, so in our model, uh, we refer our patients back to, uh, you know, 75% of our patients get referred back to our referring physicians for them to do the HST. And uh, our dental board has not made a good, clear ruling on whether or not dentists can even do HSTs uh, for um, follow-up testing, which I think is um, it's ambiguous. Uh, before all of this happened, we would uh, uh, do follow-up tests at the one-month mark with our patients. Uh, and uh, what I will tell you from personal experience is uh, that um, appliance therapy is quite effective, uh, but oftentimes uh, the AHI goes back up, it actually goes up post-operatively. And that becomes from, you know, one apnea turning into three hypopneas uh, and, and things like that. Or suddenly the patient gets longer REM sleep. And when they get more REM sleep, they start having more events. Uh, so again, back to my whole point that AHI is, can be a misleading number. Uh, and that's why it's important to have good training and good ongoing training. And uh, to really, if, you, if you're gonna get into the game, of dental sleep medicine, get into the game to win. Um, you know, that's, and, and, and one thing I didn't make mention to, we don't do any snoring devices. Uh, we make uh, devices for people that snore, uh, but we won't make any type of sleep apnea or snoring device without a home sleep test. Uh, so we, or, or a, some type of diagnostic sleep test. Uh, so we, that's what I mean by we don't make snoring devices. Uh, we don't make any type of, uh, Guard opens bite, moves the jaw forward without some type of uh, diagnostic sleep testing. Cool. Um, Paul asked about the CBCT. So, what are you looking for in the cone beam? And is a radiologist writing that report? Um, are you asking for specific images? Yeah. So, we take the CBCT in our practice. Uh, um, most of the time, when you buy a CBCT, they're going to provide you with some type of basic radiology training. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't have all of our CBCTs read, uh, prof uh, you know, professionally read. We have a small percentage of them professionally read when we see something out of line. Typically, the, my first line of defense when I see something out of line is refer them to uh, a local oral surgeon or pathologist that we have and let them deal with it, uh, make it their problem. <laughs> they probably like that pulmonologist that sends them the problem patients. But I think if you're a pathologist, you're asking for problem patients. Um, and then, you know, in, or in really interesting situations, we'll have it professionally read uh, by an oral maxillofacial radiologist. Cool. All right. We got one more question, at least, you know, that I had privately. If anyone else has questions, um, following this question, if there's no more, we're going to wrap up for the night. Uh, if you had to say there was one thing that could make someone really profitable in sleep, what would they have to do to build that one thing be? Yeah, they, they would need a sleep coordinator. Uh, that, that has been my number one success is that, that I have supported, funded, provided the infrastructure to, to Liz, who runs our sleep apnea practice, uh, and I've gotten out of the way. 
Uh, that that's what I would tell you is is get the right person, get out, get the hell out of the way, uh, and call it a day. Okay, uh, we did have Paul submit a follow up question about the cone beam. Um, yeah, do you want to take that? Yeah, I, I I don't know exactly what he's looking for. If it if its question is in terms of uh, for sleep apnea, there's nothing you can look for in a CBCT that will tell you the patient has sleep apnea. Uh, what a CBCT can show you is a narrowing of the airway. It can be a conversation starter. It can show you what the nasal turbinates look like. It can show you the size of the oropharynx, the nasal pharynx, any deviated septums. It can show you the turbinates. It can show you things along those lines in terms of, of those things that are ancillary and uh, adjunctive to dental sleep medicine. Uh, but in terms of what am I looking for? There's a long list of, of basically what I'm looking for is symmetry when I'm reviewing a CBCT uh, in terms of pathology. Okay. I don't know how else to answer the question from Paul. I think uh, probably was just related to what you're looking to for sleep. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not, you know, it's not diagnostic, unfortunately, right? Yeah, so no. it, it's a screening tool. Oh, um, are you taking another company for the appliance? Um, that'd be for your no. OptiSleep probably? Uh, we, we, uh, so with the OptiSleep workflow, we have to take a, a sleep, a scan with the bite in place, uh, but we're not taking any CBCT with the device itself in place. Cool. Uh, Jordan asked, if a hygiene patient is interested in taking a home sleep test, does hygiene hand them out? Do they do a same day appointment with sleep champion or does the patient come back for another appointment? Well, the answer, I would like it to be yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not always that way, you know, at the end of the day, uh, anytime, you, you know, you want to do treatment, the patient has to be ready, the team has to be ready, uh, and the doctor has to be ready. Uh, so if one of those three people aren't ready, we, we can't move forward with treatment uh, or getting started with treatment. But yes, uh, you know, there was a time where our hygienists were able to hand out the home sleep test. But now, you know, what we've done in that situation is, is that's a lot to ask about. We already ask a lot of our hygienists to begin with. So I think asking that much more of a hygienist is probably not necessarily a great idea. So what we've done is we've trained uh, a multiple multiple admin team members in our practice to be able to hand out the home sleep test. Awesome. Um, someone messaged me again privately. They just asked, "What would um, what is a good recurring training to send your team to uh, for sleep?" Well, I think, ongoing CE. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I think there's lots of options. I mean, there's uh, you know, selfishly, we have what we do at 3D Dentists and, you know, Chad and, Chad and Mike have a great program at Awaken to Sleep. Uh, there's the, there is the AADSM. It's, a, it's, it's an organization. I, uh, it's a very scientific organization, if you ask me. <laughs> um, so um, uh, there's those things. There's, there's, lots of there's lots of choices out there. You know, what, what I would tell you is, is that I try to avoid choices that are trying to sell any specific type of equipment. Uh, because they're going to make you feel like um, the equipment is necessary. And the truth is, is no equipment is necessary. They're very helpful, mm -hmm. uh, but no equipment is necessary. And then I would tell you that ongoing treatment, ongoing training is really about, about expanding the skill set. There's myofunctional therapy, there's adjunctive treatment, there's understanding TMD treatment, how that uh, kind of pertains to sleep apnea. Uh, there's healthy start for pediatric adolescent patients. You know, there's there's just so much nonstop. You know, there's laser therapy. There's all kinds of stuff uh, that can kind of go into this. There's learning to understand uh, in lab studies. 
Uh, there, there's so many things that you continuously learn. Uh, but what I would tell you is that a lot of that stuff is is noise until you get a good workflow and you get a good uh, uh, a good understandings of the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, Paul, in, I, even if you don't mind, I can actually elaborate yeah. a little on this question. Paul asks, do you find a lot of patients tell you that MD didn't actually explain the results of, of their, <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't. Uh, that's part of the medical model in that, you know, they've got a machine that runs, you know, they, they get the patient tested, reports are prepared and they write their script for CPAP. And just, I mean, we have a lot of clients and Tiva, I'm sure you have a lot of clients as well that that dentist that you can go through that report and help them understand what, what T-Bone said earlier about that patient-friendly verbiage, making it understandable as a human. Um, if you can know what the sleep test says and connect with your patients as people, um, you'll just, you'll have a patient for life. I don't know T-Bone, if your experience is, is similar to that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, these patients are so grateful and, and appreciative. Uh, and, and even if they don't do treatment, they'll refer others because you explained it to them. Uh, so, you know, look, our job, at the end of the day, you as much as we talk about money and being profitable and all that stuff here, look, at the end of the day, you've got to do this to help people. And when you help people, karma pays it back to you and, and spades. So just help people go into it for that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so just so you guys know, the CE links and everything are in the chat. You guys can go get your CE. Um, uh, Dennis asked about the Medibyte Junior. Um, yeah, it's a, a great, it's a great one. That's one yeah. of the ones we use in our practice. I mean, it's the main one we use in our office. Yeah. Um, Dennis, there's, I mean, the Medibite is, is kind of Dr. Pepper, you know, you've got Coke mm -hmm. and Pepsi, ResMeds and Phillips Alphabet ones. And um, I mean, there's, there's a whole slew of them and just, you got to look at what works best for you. I know the Medibite is a great unit though. So thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you T-Bone for an amazing presentation thank and, you, uh, and we'll see you guys on our next one. Have a great night. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us on this webinar. If you'd like more information on dental sleep medicine education, coaching, or home sleep testing services, please feel free to reach out to us at awakenasleep.com forward slash edu or at info at awaken2sleep.com. Thank you and have a great day.